Hello and welcome. We're studying Christian mindfulness here on Search for Truth, your Bible teaching program with Brian Johnston. Thanks for tuning in. It's great to have your company. And if you've been following this series called The Mindfulness Jesus Endorses, you'll know our studies are all about making us more Christ-like in our service to God as his disciples. This week is no different as we look at the study called Putting Off, the Forgotten Biblical Discipline of Mortification. So let's go to Brian now. Thanks, John. We've already been thinking of God's work in us, it being his will to work for his good pleasure in our life. And that's very simply expressed as the formation in us of a resemblance to Christ, so that we should bear a family resemblance to God's Son. Simple to express, it may be, but it's not easy to overcome the various forms of opposition which God's enemy orchestrates against us to frustrate this epic purpose of God in our Christian lives. God's enemy is also our enemy. Let's return to the four R's which we've defined as being revelation, revival, renewal and reformation. We'll remind ourselves of them as we go on here. But taking the first R of revelation, we understand from the Bible itself that God communicates with our human spirit. And normally this takes place as we read in his word, the Bible. As God's word engages with our mind, the stage is set for revival, the second R in our sequence. But will this revival bring about the end result of the personal reformation of our character? For this work of God to progress in us, we'll need to be intentional. It's another reading of Colossians chapter 3, verse 2, which literally speaks of the intent of our mind. Do we skim read God's word, or are we intent on what we read? Intentional reading, which is where we absorb and internalise its truth content. Such intentional reading of God's word is intensified if through the spiritual disciplines of meditation and memorization, we intentionally set our minds on the truth contained in our Bible reading. In this way, our mind is set for renewal, which is the gradual readjustment of our thought patterns. We've now picked up our third R, which is the R for renewal. This world's messages, which constantly bombard us through the media, affect our thinking far more than we care to realise. Have you ever encountered a believer who's rejecting a plain interpretation of a Bible text because he or she says it's grossly unfair? Chances are that's the thinking of a worldly believer, reflecting the value system of the age in which we live. We can all do that at times. The world's values and what it considers to be fair are often so different from the Bible's. The only antidote is to be constantly allowing biblical truth to penetrate down into our heart, where it shapes our will and leads to the reforming of our soul, being our fourth and final R, the R that stands for reformation, or in other words, the transformation of our spiritual life. It's brought about by allowing spiritual disciplines to modify our habits. The best way to break a habit is to drop it, but that takes considerable effort. Effort which, by the way, is not in any kind of conflict with God's grace. This is, after all, God's work in us, 
God himself being at work in us. Grace on God's part is not denied by effort on our part. It's only if we should think that our effort is earning us anything that the conflict would arise. Christian living is a matter of life or death. That's the Apostle Paul's biblical teaching. It stems from becoming meditatively aware, or mindful if you prefer, of the invisible reality of our being in union with Christ. In the context of a body dead in Adam, we have a spirit alive in Christ. In this we find the classic paradox of an authentic Christian experience. It's about a kind of life that leads to death, but it's also about a kind of death that leads to life. No, I'm not talking about false human distortions of Bible teaching, neither masochism or asceticism. Instead, it's about taking up our cross and crucifying our fallen nature, which we do by the Spirit's agency. We discipline ourselves to turn from evil by no longer making provision for the lusts of the flesh. Although we rightly would refer back to our Lord's instructive Sermon on the Mount when he spoke figuratively about gouging out our eye and cutting off our hand as the means of regulating our viewing and tempering our actions, we should make it clear that we're not talking about us modifying our own behaviour without first altering our thinking. There's a verse in the Proverbs that says, As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So it's what's going on in our thought life that's important, that determines our actions. The Bible makes that need obvious when it introduces the topic of character transformation by an initial focus on the need to take our mind off worldly things and deliberately become more constantly aware of heavenly realities. Only then does it command us to put off certain vices and to equally put on replacement virtues. These virtues are nothing short of the mind of Christ, the affections of Christ and the very love of Christ. As an aside, may I ask you to visualise one of the tricks used by political satirists. Like me, you've probably seen photographs of, let's say, a United States president. Photographs which have been modified or photoshopped as we say today. It may have started out originally as a photograph of Bill Clinton, but now when you look at it, you can convince yourself you might as well be looking at a photograph of President Bush. One photograph has been morphed into the other, and at the halfway stage between the two, there are as many recognisable features of the one leader as there are of the other. I'm reminded of those words spoken by John the Baptist on the banks of the Jordan River. Referring to Jesus Christ, he said, He must increase, and I must decrease. That's the way to bring about increasing likeness to Christ in our lives too. But there's no computer program that can help us do that. Rather, it has to be a Bible-based program of mortification. That's not something that gets talked much about these days. And if it does, it may well be misunderstood. When the Bible speaks about this, and it does... It most certainly isn't describing any kind of religiously motivated self-harm. We are to glorify God in these bodies of ours, not to harm them in any way. What then is mortification? Both Romans chapter 8 and Colossians chapter 3 mention this. 
Sometimes it's translated in such a way as it tells us to consider our members, which are on the earth, as being dead to such things as immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire and greed. This doesn't happen overnight, nor is it automatic as a result of making a one-time commitment to Christ, but it's a daily, repeated, habitual putting off of self. Realistically, this is only achievable if we are continually mindful of our union with Christ. And that happens, as we've said, by intentionally bringing to mind and concentrating on exalted things, things consistent with the risen life of our Lord Jesus, who's seated at God's right hand. And mortification, the putting off of unworthy behaviours, needs to be accompanied by the spiritual process of renewal, which is the putting on of Christ. As we mentioned before, these replacement virtues are nothing short of the mind of Christ and the affections of Christ and the very love of Christ. On that point, emphasising love, we scan down the fifth chapter of Paul's letter to the Galatians in order to remind ourselves how love heads up the listing of the fruit of the Spirit. God is love. Love is the summation of the law. And love frames the lists of Christian virtues we find in various places in the Bible. But it's from Galatians 5 that we'll now read these famous words. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. For the flesh sets its desire against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. For these are in opposition to one another, so that you may not do the things that you please. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the deeds of the flesh are evident, which are immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmities, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions, envying, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these, of which I forewarn you, just as I have forewarned you, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Let us not become boastful, challenging one another, envying one another. Spiritual transformation is the combined process of mortification and renewal by which the elements of our character take on the elements of Christ's character, his mind, will and emotions. I'm not sure if we take this seriously enough. What if we were to ask each other, what is your mortification programme? Makeover programmes make for fashionable television viewing, at least in the United Kingdom. Our curiosity is stimulated to see the difference in the appearance of a person or a car or a house or a garden after a team of consultants and experts get to work on changing its appearance. When did we last show as much interest in a makeover of our character?
The words of our hymn today form a simple poetic prayer. Join me, if you wish, as I read the two verses. Lord, take my life and make it wholly thine. Fill my poor heart with thy great love divine. Take all my will, my passion, self and pride. I now surrender, Lord, in me abide. O Holy Ghost, revival comes through thee. Send a revival, start the work in me. Thy word declares thou wilt supply our need. For blessings now, O Lord, I humbly plead. Amen. Now, as usual, there's a transcript book for all the talks. It's called The Mindfulness Jesus Endorses. So ask for that title and you can order by email or by post. And here's our address. Search for Truth, Hayes Press, The Barn, Flaxlands, Royal Wootton Bassett, Swindon SN4 8DY UK. Our email address is sft at churchesofgod.info. And you may be interested to know that you can also listen again to many of these broadcasts off air by audio, podcast, or MP3 versions. If you go to www.searchfortruth.podbean.com, you can browse the list of previous talks which has been categorised to assist you to find what you're looking for. Sadly, that's all we have for today, so till next week, it's very best wishes from Brian, David, our singers, and me, John. So cheerio, and may God richly bless you. <laughs>